The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. If you missed Los Ano Ano and friends, here's what you missed. I'm Rokan. Do you like to talk about (laughs) politics? I actually don't. Politics, the problem is I have no problem discussing politics. I just don't like uh, discussing it from that left-right paradigm the way that that talk radio does it. Right. You know, where most of the the hosts are either very far to the right or very far to the left. Right. You know, most of them are very far to the right. And I grew up in this business, so I know what the trick is. And this is before talk radio was actually a political force in the 1980s. I would say that two-thirds of the conservative talk shows in America don't believe anything that they're saying. They're doing it solely to agitate so they can get phone calls. Right. There's a couple things that worry me about the future. This is, I'm getting to be an old man, because it's like, all of a sudden, you know, back in my day, we didn't have (laughs) Armenian girls having sex with black guys. (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) What are they talking about? (laughs) I don't know. And this is not against, you know, the uh, Republicans or conservative philosophy, because I I happen to vote Republican more than I do Democrat, but I I vote for both. Yeah. Uh, But I'm a centrist. I could see both sides, and I decide who's who's got the better idea at that moment that I think is going to be better for the future. It's not always the same thing. It's not always some sort of dogma. The left dogma doesn't make any sense to me, and most of the right stuff doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I've always said MSNBC and Fox News, neither of them are news channels. They're entertainment channels. Oh, it's all entertainment. But people perceive it because they put the label news on it and present it like news. Right. And it's like, no, it's just talking points. The Federal Trade Commission should do something about that. It is completely entertaining. And I've worked in cable news, yeah. and I use that term loosely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I worked with Glenn Beck. I know you think God. that Glenn Beck oh my gosh. has any... I was his fill-in when he was at CNN. Yeah. To bring this around full circle, he was a morning DJ in Phoenix. Okay, yeah. Glenn yeah. is a showman. I mean, he's he, he didn't get in this for the right. politics of it. Right, right. Yeah. I think Rush truly believes what he says that. Really? I do. I yeah. always thought of him as more of an entertainer uh-uh. than anything. No, wow. I think he really believes it. Mm. And he's very he's entertaining at doing it. He's yeah. very entertaining at doing and it. And he could do it without calls. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's yeah. the point. Yeah. That's what very I'm few guys can do that. Right. There's everybody in conservative talk radio has a first and last name. That's like the same thing. Hugh Hewitt <laughs> and uh, like Lou Lewis. And there's guys, I mean, literally, there are guys that, you know, Tom Thompson. It's like, really? You think we're that stupid that we can't remember your name? That you have to name yourself twice? Assholes. Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lausano or whatever it's called. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast and OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, informed automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have you with us. I'm Mark Vernon. You are listening to the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. My co-host, Luke Costable, still on assignment. So I'm driving solo today. So hopefully you'll be able to uh, put up with me for a few minutes here on the uh, Car Guys Report. We've got lots to talk about as usual. Always like to start the program with what's new and exciting in our car world. And as uh, if you're a regular listener 
to the Car Guys Report, you'll know that I recently purchased a brand new Fiat 500 2019, and it's been a great car so far. It's still in the very new stages. I had a 2012 Fiat 500 that I traded on it, and one reason I wanted to buy another 500 is because I had such great luck with the... uh, old one that I had. So the new one so far, everything's been good. I do have one slight uh, warranty issue, uh, which is pretty surprising because it's like almost right from the start, but it's not a major thing. It's just a a slight, very, very, very slight coolant leak uh, from the lower radiator hose. So parts have been ordered and uh, they'll be taking care of that, of course, under warranty. But that's really the only thing. And that could be, you know, a, a lot of different reasons why something like that happened. I'm not you know, holding it against the car or anything like that. So that uh, situation will be rectified before uh, long, and hopefully then things will be great. But so far, I'm really enjoying the uh, turbo uh, power from the uh, 1.4 liter engine and all the little incremental updates they did from 2012 up to 2019, including that uh, fully digital TFT instrument cluster I'm really enjoying in the car. So I'll keep you posted with uh, the uh, driving and ownership experience of that car as uh, we continue throughout the year of 2020 here on the Car Guys Report. Also wanted to say that I'm in the process of, I know we've talked about this uh, previously on previous episodes of the Car Guys Report, I'm in the process of ceramic coating all my vehicles, and I've uh, done three or four of them so far. Recently uh, ceramic coated the uh, Porsche 911, uh, basically just washed and clayed the car really nicely, and then uh, do two coats of the ceramic spray and we'll see how it holds up it's uh, winter time here in the midwest and once uh, summer starts and uh, the car show season gets underway we'll see how uh, the ceramic coating holds up if i keep saying to my friends if this stuff works half as good as they say it does it'll be pretty good so we'll have to wait and see but i will definitely keep you posted on my ceramic coating adventures of my cars and also wanted to uh, talk about uh, one of the cars that I spotted on the road recently, a beautiful 65 Dodge Dart convertible being driven by an older gentleman. It was a white body with a a black top. Car looked to be in pretty original condition, so it's always nice to say. I've always liked those Dodge Darts. They're neat-looking cars, a relatively compact car from the uh, mid-60s, and it was a pleasure to see that one on the road. And also, too, I wanted to uh, take a moment here to thank you, our listeners, to the uh, Car Guys Report Informed Automotive Podcast. We recently cracked the top 100 in automotive podcasts on uh, Apple Podcasts. So certainly glad to uh, to. I'm just thrilled with that. I'm certainly um, glad that we were able to do that, and we couldn't have done it without your help and your listenership and your loyalty. So I just wanted to thank you, the listener, to our podcast here, the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. And you can always email us if you have any questions or comments. We'd love to hear your uh, your thoughts our email is carguysreport at hotmail.com and um like I said, that's uh, where we can be found. You can also keep uh, tabs on us at Car Guys Podcast on Twitter. But while you're listening to us, make sure you tell a friend about uh, our podcast. Certainly want to get as many listeners as possible. And remember our email address, carguysreport at hotmail.com. 
If you haven't heard about the 2021 Mercedes Maybach GLS SUV, I'm going to tell you about that right now. Um, If you're not familiar with the Maybach line uh, within Mercedes, it's kind of their uber luxury uh, lineup. Usually they've been uh, treating just the uh, big Maybach uh, sedans, the big sedans to the Maybach treatment. But for 2021, Mercedes is going to be introducing a GLS SUV with the Maybach moniker on it. And basically, it's just a super uh, luxified version of the uh, GLS. It's got some neat stuff on it, though. Um, It's got a different grill. I'm saying the family resemblances in the Maybach GLS's grill. It's got 23-inch multi-spoke rims from the factory, which is enormous. 23-inch standard rims, or actually 22 are available, but if you want 23s, they got them from the factory. And um, it's got the uh, pretty much now standard 4-liter turbocharged uh, V8 uh, engine that Mercedes has been using in a lot of their different uh, products lately. And, uh, you know, plenty of power, plenty of uh, good performance. So, um, you know, there's nothing to worry about uh, as far as the performance aspects of it. But the interior is really where this thing shines. It's super luxe, uh, leather everywhere, uh, quilted leather. Uh, it almost looks like a small, uh, you know, uh, private jet inside there. The back seat uh, reclines and does all kinds of amazing things. Uh, it says the rear seat may impress, but we do have one suggestion for a future Maybach GLS. Make the door-mounted arm elbow rest as cushy as the ones in the center of the rear seat. So if that's the only complaint so far for the Maybach GLS, that's not too bad. And oh yeah, you're probably wondering how much does this thing cost? Well, uh, expected to be about $200,000, which puts it into the Bentley Bentagia um, ballpark there. But I'm sure that uh, Mercedes will have no problem uh, moving uh, some of the uh, Maybach GLS SUVs when they uh, debut. Should be, if it's a 2021 model, it should be coming out probably towards the end of 2020, I would think. So we'll have to see what uh, what transpires there. But certainly we'll be able to uh, spot one pretty easily on the road with those 21-inch rims. And uh, if I get a chance to see one in person, definitely want to check out that interior as well. You know, uh, Fiat and uh, Peugeot in the uh, news uh, towards the end of 2019 with their proposed merger. We'll see if that totally goes through for 2020. I know it's going to have some regulatory things, of course, but if they do end up merging completely, that'll be very interesting. And it kind of had me digging through some of the Car Guys Report archives. And I came across this one piece about early automotive innovations. It's a topic that we covered uh, previously here on the Car Guys Report. And Peugeot was uh, the manufacturer that made the world's first coupe cabriolet. We're talking about a retractable hardtop, and they made this in 1934. It was the Peugeot 401 Eclipse, and it's a gorgeous-looking car, a two-door hardtop with a retractable, one-piece retractable hardtop. The uh, back area where the Continental Kit is and where a rumble seat would typically be positioned in a car of the 30s. Just a giant uh, lid that opens like a clamshell and the uh, top uh, retracts back into that. Also, uh, another early automotive innovation that uh, Peugeot did was uh, debuted. They debuted the thermostatic cooling fan 
in the 1959 Peugeot 403. It cut in once the engine was up to optimum operating temperature, whereas all previous fans had run as soon as the engine started to turn over. And obviously, uh, thermostatic cooling fans electrically operated are uh, standard in almost every car these days. So some early automotive innovations from Peugeot that I just wanted to uh, touch on briefly. And also, too, one thing that we do here on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is we always talk about cars that we find for sale either online online. or various other sources, but mainly online, whether they're auction um, uh, sites like Bring a Trailer, which is a, a site that it just has a, a tremendous selection of cars that are being um, auctioned off. Uh, you should really definitely check that out if you haven't. Also, Hemmings, as I always tout Hemmings as being a great place to start uh, any kind of uh, classic or specialty car search because there's a ton of stuff um, on Hemmings that you can find. And this is one that it was on the site uh, quite a while back, but I wanted to bring it up because it uh, kind of jives nicely with the 1934 Peugeot 401 Eclipse retractable hardtop I just spoke of. And it kind of has a very similar look, although this one raises it up even a few more points. The 1935 Mercedes-Benz 500K Special. Now, special is definitely the operative word because the asking price for this car was almost $2 million. So definitely the upper echelon of uh, car collecting uh, with the uh, Mercedes uh, 500K special. But uh, a totally beautiful, beautiful car. And this was uh, actually appearing on uh, Hemmings uh, back in uh, 2019. You know, I didn't go back to see if it had actually uh, sold or not, but this car was uh, fully um, restored, obviously, and uh, definitely a, a, a true show car. Uh, and for $2 million, it should be. But if you ever have a chance to check it out, uh, the 1935 Mercedes-Benz 500K is the model that we're talking about. And uh, it was for sale on Hemmings for the princely sum of $2 million, which is a lot of money. But, hey, if you got that money and you like the car, why not, right? It's an investment-quality uh, vehicle, definitely. If you like the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, and we certainly hope that you do because you are listening to us right now, be sure to check out some of the other programs that are available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like the show Minutia Men. It's an OPI show. Uh, good friends Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern are consumers of worthless information, and every week they share their take on what they have learned in their podcast. It's called Minutia Men. You can go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits, and you'll not only find the podcast Minutia Men, you'll find our podcast, The Car Guys Report and Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon, uh, Luke Hostable on assignment, and uh, he'll be back in uh, another episode or two. But uh, I'm flying or driving solo today and having uh, just a blast doing so. Wanted to talk about another SUV. I know we talk about Mercedes a lot because I've got a Mercedes. We talk about Aston Martins a lot because I have an Aston Martin. We do tend to talk about SUVs from time to time because they're undeniable. They're everywhere. And more and more car manufacturers, especially the luxury car manufacturers, keep uh, bringing out luxury performance SUVs. Porsche started the trend almost uh, 20 years ago with the uh, Cayenne, and they have uh, continued it with the Cayenne and the Macan. Uh, Mercedes obviously makes a whole range of uh, SUVs. Bentley is in the act now. Lamborghini is in the act. 
Audi makes a bunch of uh, high-end SUVs. BMW has a complete lineup of SUVs. We've got the uh, Rolls-Royce Coulinan. And now we've got yet another one. It's the Aston Martin DBX. And they're saying it takes an iconic brand to new territory. This is uh, from an article that appeared in uh, Road and Track magazine. It's another SUV that will be debuting probably sometime late in 2020. And it's one of these things where they're saying that hopefully, you know, it'll it'll add more cash to the coffers because Aston Martin is one of these companies. They went public in uh, the UK, uh, I believe, in sometime in either 2018 or 2019, and their stock hadn't been uh, doing too well the last time I had read about it. But uh, they're always looking, obviously, for cash because uh, running a car company is not cheap. That's one reason why they've turned to using sourcing Mercedes-Benz engines for uh, many of their vehicles now, and that's not a bad thing. This uh, new uh, DBX SUV will be powered by the Mercedes-AMG-sourced 4-liter twin-turbo V8. Uh, It'll be uh, producing 542 horsepower, which is pretty good. And, of course, uh, this is an all-wheel drive SUV. An electronic center differential can send 47% of torque to the front axle or up to 100% to the rear. Additionally, an electronic limited slip rear differential distributes power across the back axle. It's got an active chassis, 22-inch rims, um, and they're doing the active chassis controls with 48-volt active uh, electrical architecture. And this thing is, um, you know, it, it, it looks like almost every other luxury performance SUV out there. It looks a lot like a, a Porsche Cayenne, in my uh, estimation, or even a Macan. And I'm just hoping that it's going to be styled enough uh, differently to differentiate it because uh, it looks nice, but it's an Aston Martin, of course. So it's got to look the part. It's got the grill. It's got a, has kind of a little upturned uh, spoiler on the back hatch, which is kind of neat. The thing weighs 4,940 pounds, um, although it's made from aluminum, so it's definitely not a lightweight. And that's basically in the Porsche Cayenne territory. I know I have a 20... Uh, 2008 Cayenne S, which weighs like 5,200 pounds. That was the first gen Cayenne. And then the next gen Cayenne came out, and I think they trimmed about 600 pounds out of that. So that would put that at 4,600. So this thing's weighing 4,940 pounds. So it's certainly not a lightweight, but uh, it'll have the performance. They're quoting a top speed of 186 miles an hour, which is 300 kilometers an hour, which is uh, a good standard round number for European cars. And, um, like I was saying, they're uh, hoping that it's going to definitely add some some much-needed cash to the coffers. The uh, United States MSRP, the manufactured suggested retail price for the 2021 Aston Martin DBX, will be about $190,000. So we just talked about that Mercedes-Benz uh, Maybach GLS SUV coming in around 200000 The Bentley Bentagas uh, in the 200000 range. The Rolls-Royce Coulinan is well above that. That's about 300000 And the Lamborghini Urus is uh, 220 or so, I think. So at one ninety, that's actually not a bargain, but definitely competitive in the, uh, in the, in the group segment there. And uh, they say that Aston Martin is going to be uh, capping 
production of the new DBX SUV at 4,000 units a year, which doesn't sound like a lot when you say 4,000 units you know, a year, 3,500, um, although it would be the best seller in the Aston Martin lineup if they do sell 4,000 a year because right now the brand's best seller is the Aston Martin Vantage, which they sell about 3,500 units of annually. So if they start cranking out 4,000 DBX SUVs, that'll definitely put that in the uh, front-running position. But that's what Porsche did, and it really helped save the company in the early 2000s. The Cayenne was the uh, fastest car to 100,000 unit production in Porsche history. And I believe, at last look, it's either the Macan or the Cayenne is still the... uh, is still the best seller. So it'll be interesting to see the uh, Aston Martin DBX in the flesh. I always want to withhold uh, final judgment until, <clears throat> excuse me, until I see these cars in the flesh. And that's always important to see how things are going to pan out. But um, be on the lookout. Definitely a lot more press will be uh, coming out on that car too as uh, the uh, year progresses and they start uh, getting into the hands of the testers, as it were. We've got another parts delivery coming up to the uh, Car Guys Report warehouse, uh, which is uh, where the Car Guys Report studio is located. We've already, we're already ordering brake parts. We just order a lot of rotors here for some reason. So we'll take a break, and we'll be back in just a sec. What do you get when you hear a celebrity minutiaman interview, Dave? Rick, think of Dan Rather and Bill Meyer having a kid. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. So you'll get minutia. Right. What does a Damone from Fast Times at Ridgemont High really think about the movie. Only right. one place to find out, and that's Celebrity Minutiaman Interview, a Tony Lasano podcast. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I'm Steve Baskerville. I'm Howard Sudbury. I'm going to show you my doodle. Can you see my doodle from where you no. are? You know who else would? Walter Jacobson would doodle. And his doodle one day was close to my doodle. <laughs> he, uh, so you've seen his doodle? Sure. Uh, <laughs> he's seen your doodle. He's seen my doodle more than one day. Uh, Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to you, an Opi show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we're back here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon, driving solo today. I've got the top down and the uh, tonneau cover over the passenger side, and it's just me, the car, and your and the audience. So thanks so much for uh, taking us along for the ride and tuning in to the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Certainly glad to have you along, and you know, I was just talking about how we've talked about uh, SUVs fairly often on the program. You know, it's still called the Car Guys Report. Don't worry. It's not going to change. Um, but it's an undeniable fact that SUVs are part of the automotive landscape in a big way these days. So we would be remiss not to talk about them. And another thing that we've started to talk about more often, and again, don't worry, we'll still talk about plenty of internal combustion engines are the electric cars. There's so much happening in the electric car field. You know, for a long time, it was just Tesla. And now for 2020, uh, Tesla is going to be getting a lot more competition. We've got the Porsche Taycan coming out. That is uh, definitely a a very strong competitor to the Tesla Model S. We've got that uh, Mustang Mach-E SUV, a fully electric from Ford coming out uh, later this year. Um, We've got more and more um, 
uh, German cars coming out other than Porsches. Uh, Audi already has the uh, e-tron uh, SUV out. Uh, Mercedes is coming out with uh, some electric uh, SUVs this year. And just the list goes on and on. And they're not all European manufacturers. There's already a lot of Asian. Uh, I believe uh, the Hyundai, I thought was either, ha- they might have a, a, an electric model of the Kona right now, or they're going to bring one out. I can't remember. But uh, they have an electric Soul out, and, uh, you know, the list just goes on. And as the EV revolution continues, there's some interesting side stories that are uh, starting to splinter off from the EV. And this uh, was a uh, blurb that I noticed uh, in a magazine called The Week towards the end of 2019, and I wanted to definitely talk about it now. And I'll pretty much read this blurb word for word and then have a few comments. Um, EV scavengers are a thing right now, and these are people that will harvest batteries from crashed electric vehicles and then insert them into classic muscle cars. So they're basically resto-modding a muscle car and making it into an EV, and then, of course, selling it at a, uh, a nice profit. Uh, just like their grandfathers did with 1932 Fords, new school hot rodders are now scouring junkyards for crashed Teslas and Nissan Leafs, hoping to score an undamaged battery or electric motor. They found that putting a maintenance-free electric drivetrain into vintage vehicles eliminated a lot of mechanical babysitting for buyers who might love the design of these classics but don't want to do the wrenching on them. This is according to uh, Charles Fleming in the L.A. Times. And it just kind of makes sense. I mean, you know, you've got a car a gasoline-powered car that can sit for, you know, three, four, five months out of the year. You've got to make sure you've got fuel stabilizer in it, and you've got to make sure that, you know, you're exercising it every now and then. You've still got oil changes to do and things like that. And basically, if you've got an electric car, you just got to make sure it's fully charged. It's like keeping it on a battery tender, and then it's ready to go. Uh, one mechanic customized an 800-horsepower Shelby Cobra with a uh, salvaged Tesla drive drivetrain and suspension system that, according to uh, them, will enable it to out-accelerate anything without killing any trees. Hmm. The price tag for a similar fully customized up-from-the-tires EV overhaul, and you know this is coming, can run several hundred thousand dollars, and that is uh, definitely the truth. The uh, prices that I've seen quoted for some of these EV resto mods have been in the two hundred dollars to $300,000 range. But one interesting thing, too, because I did see another article about this EV scavenging thing, and it, it's me interesting to see how this works, is right now there's a fairly limited number of electric vehicles on the road. I think it's like 1% uh, of new car sales in the U.S. are, are EVs. And obviously not all of them are being crashed and wrecked and things like that. So you've got a very small supply of these used scavengeable uh, battery packs out there. And as people have kind of glommed onto this concept of, hey, we can use these battery packs for resto modding or, you know, maybe doing something else with them, the prices have been starting to go up. I read an article somewhere that was quoting a used Tesla battery pack and in, in something about the maybe the 10 to 15 $15,000 range. And uh, the prices have been going up as people are, um, you know, realizing, hey, this is a thing and we can do this. 
But what I was just saying, though, too earlier is the fact that there's a lot of electrical vehicle, electric vehicles coming out in the next, you know, obviously in 2020 and in many years uh, after 2020. So there'll be many more electric vehicles on the road, which would assume that there would be more of a supply of used or scavengeable um battery packs too so maybe the prices will actually start going down in a couple of years instead of going up like they are now as the uh as the supply of a used battery pack would would uh, increase because i can't see that there's this huge market for an ev resto mod especially in the 200 to 300 thousand dollar price range so we'll see i haven't seen any at car shows yet um but it would be interesting you know i know that there were some at sema last year and, you know, online you'll see these one-offs. They're basically one-offs right now. And that's one reason why they're so expensive. If someone would kind of get into serial production on an electric resto mod, which wouldn't be out of the question because people are are basically manufacturing brand-new Mustangs now and, and virtually brand-new, I think, Camaros and things like that, you know, uh, somebody that would want to have a, a fully resto modded kind of, you know, spec it out and buy it off of, through a, a program type thing, who knows? Well, it'll be an interesting thing to see, and definitely if I see one in the upcoming uh, car show season in 2020, we'll definitely be reporting back on that because it is an interesting phenomenon uh, that we're, you know, we're kind of at this crossroads here between the internal combustion engine and the electric vehicle uh, progression, and it'll be really interesting to see how they cross and merge and and. Obviously, electric vehicles will emerge victorious at some point, but when exactly, who knows? You are listening to the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, and when you listen to us, please subscribe to us as well. You'll get an automatic notification anytime there's new content from the Car Guys Report, which is once a week. And we'd also love to uh, get more ratings. We've got some positive ratings on Apple Podcasts and certainly would like to get some more positive ratings. If you like what you're listening to, and obviously, since we cracked the top 100, you must like what you're listening to, and we certainly do appreciate that. Please take a couple moments to uh, leave us a review and a ranking on Apple Podcasts. would certainly uh, appreciate that. You can find our podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. All you have to do is search for Radio Misfits. You can also search for The Car Guys Report on Google. You can also head on over to opishows.com and catch our podcast there. We're available pretty much anywhere. And the beauty of podcasting through the uh, Radio Misfits Podcast Network is it's listening on your own terms. Whether you've got a desktop, a laptop, a tablet, your phone, you can stream in your car, you can do all kinds of things. It's listening when you want to listen. You can fast forward replay rewind skip you can go back and re-listen to previous episodes you can do whatever pretty much what you want it's all on your own terms and it's totally free that's the best thing about podcasting with the radio misfits podcast network it's free and it's listening on your own terms radiomisfits.com and we're just one of the podcasts on the radiomisfits.com uh network the Car Guys Report and Ford and Automotive. That's what we're doing right now. I'm Mark Vernon driving solo today as Lou Costable is uh, on assignment, as we like to say. And just wanted to take a moment, too, because every uh, Car Guys Report uh, program, we always talk about Lou's 
popular YouTube channel. And I'm not just making that up. It is a popular channel. He's been at it for many years. He's got over uh, 1,500 videos online of people and they're very, very cool cars. And Lou is very particular, too. He just doesn't take any old rusty, you know, Vega that comes down the line. No. You can find pretty much every or any kind of unusual, very cool car on his website. 1,500 videos, 60,000 subscribers. It's called My Car Story with Lou. It's available on YouTube. Definitely check it out. And you can actually see what Lou looks like, too. That's one thing he likes about the podcast is people don't have to look at his face. But uh, that's a different story when he's on YouTube. But definitely check it out. My Car Story with Lou. We also like to play the My Car Story guessing game. And that will return when Lou returns in a little bit here on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Certainly glad to have you along. And uh, thanks for uh, putting up with my uh, my monologue here today, as it were. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Lou will be back and we'll have more great car discussions. Another famous Car Guys Report list. That's one of our most popular things we do here on the Car Guys Report. We'll play the Car Guys Report guessing game and so much more. It's all what we do here on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. And we'd like to say special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with OpiShows.com. Opi is the word hippo, spells backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. It's distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place, and that would be radiomisfits.com. The proceeding was a presentation of Opi Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opi Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Really strong sperm. <laughs> the scariest moment ever in anyone's life. We share a bit from Ron. Bennett and an interview. And I tell my brush with Sam Moore. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. The Tony Lasano Podcast and Opie Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. Direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications. From bandstand to gaga. Let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. Coming to a podcast near you on the Opie Shows and Radio Misfits Podcast Network, it is And Friends. We are back with Season 3. I'm Sam. I'm Tommy. And I'm Kimmy. We talk about everything and anything you could possibly think of. Tommy, what do you usually talk about? I like to talk about just anything that'll take us down a rabbit hole and start a discussion about it. Kimmy, what are you up to? Well, I have some sex talk for this season, but I've changed it a bit for you boys. Changed it. Because I want to keep it fresh and hopefully make it... Not as raunchy. Oh. But Sammy, what do you got? Oh, I got Florida Man stories that are a little bit shorter and a little bit funnier, I'll have to say so mm-hmm. myself. But you'll hear all of that on And Friends. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radio Misfits.com. <laughs>